Welcome to the Community Immunity Podcast. Every month I am bringing you two new guests from the world of spiritual, physical, mental and emotional well-being to strengthen your own immunity, to invite you to awaken the potential within. My name is Lucia Hargasova and I am a life and leadership coach. Here we go. Okay, my darling Nova, welcome to Community Immunity Podcast. I'm so excited to be talking to you on this Sunday evening and it's just after Christmas. I feel it's been a really, really nice chilled weekend. So (laughs) having the opportunity to talk to one of my best friends is awesome. So hello, welcome. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) And just to give you guys a little bit of background, I know Nova what feels like a century (laughs) in a good way. She was one of my first yoga teachers, gosh, 15 years ago, I think, when I just started to explore yoga and I've dived in and spent a whole year doing the teacher's training with her and lots of wonderful people. So we got to know each other, I would say more like as sisters and, you know, her mom and the whole family are part of my life. But I thought it would be really nice to have the chat today about something which has been on my mind where I feel like everyone just want this whole year 2020 to be over and done with for the obvious reasons. So I just thought it would be really nice to just ask ourselves a couple of questions to reflect on. And this is not to say we're going to be teaching anyone anything, but this is more inspiring the reflection, which I think is important before we close the year, especially when we arrive into yeah, beginning of a new year. So my first question I'm going to just put out there for us to chat about is what were for you, Nova, the gifts or the gift of 2020? If you spontaneously thinking about, you know, how this whole year went and the roller coaster we all went through from your experience and also, you know, by working with other people as you are, you know, teaching yoga and teaching different elements of the spiritual work. Well, for me, it's been sort of a roller coaster up and down in my own like mind, because <laughs> one of my favorite things in the whole wide world is being with people. And so one of the things that I got, I mean, I guess I probably took it for granted was the being with people. I was such a sort of, I fed off people by being around them, my retreats, my workshops, my environment, always revolved around having people around me because I enjoyed their company and Mm. this year has been magical in that it's made those those small contacts those points where we were allowed during the summer when it was a bit more relaxed when it was possible to see people every single interaction became so much more important and potent and so even even being with my husband and my children became more more alive, more vibrant, more essential because of the miracle of this year having taken away what we naturally were used to. Mm. And it just gave me so much pause for thought on the people that maybe weren't able to be with other people because of the way the lockdown had worked out for them. And so there was lots of times where I was thinking, I would really have not liked to have done this by myself (laughs) because it's not my nature at all. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny because as you're this talking, I really realize and recognize it's funny because, you know, today the purpose was really ask two questions, really. One is about like, what was the gift? And what do you feel 2020 has kind of taken away from you? And it's it's interesting as I'm listening to you, I thought about it before we kind of started talking. And for me, what you're saying, what your gift was, I feel like this was taken away from me so i'm coming from it from that perspective actually as a like facetime with people and facetime i don't mean the <laughs> screen <laughs> and an apple you know a phone it's the physical seeing human faces either it means you know me coaching clients or being in a you know working environment but it's the extreme part of exactly what you're saying is like, I feel like it's just been taken away with it, whether it's mean like the ability of me being able to see physically my family, just to sit next to my sister or, or my mom. And when I do see some people out there, you know, we are all wearing masks and I know this is the safest thing to do. And it's, you know, it's everything what we need to do, but I just spent, you know, last three weeks working and I was in the office you know, long hours and, you know, seeing people through masks. I missed seeing people's faces so much. Like, what are they saying? Are they smiling? Is someone, you know, you, you depend on, you know, eye contact. So I think for me, what you were saying was your gift for me was actually what I felt was taken away from me. It was like my right to be in a physical human presence with humans, but also how much I love seeing people smile and even if it's a stranger or someone who I'm coaching for the first time is some of my clients I haven't even met like we have a you know <laughs> zoom conversation so it's interesting that we are just coming up from using it as a gift where I see it as a wow it's it's the luck it's just something which had been taken away from me interesting it's not to say that I haven't been curious <laughs> about the mask wearing <laughs> and, and the lack of people that you can hug <laughs> and run out and etc i'm doing the glass bar full thing where i'm looking at all the wonderful bits that i did get and i do get because my mother's nearby i can have her here and because she's part of my support bubble it means she's safe to be with us there's been like lots and lots of loss and sadness about the people that i can't see or that won't be able to be nearby or that we can't do the connecting thing with the face and about that amygdala in sort of teenagers can't read faces, which is why they keep going on about how, you remember that thing I taught you? What was it about? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if they can't see the face, they can't tell what's going on. But as a teenager, mm -hmm. part of your brain hasn't developed yet. And so when you can't see what expression is on people's faces, they keep saying, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? Because they want to start a fight with you because they have no idea what your face is. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't imagine how like, how we're supposed to interact long-term without the feedback emotionally of what the people in front of you are saying with their faces, their expressions, mm -hmm. because it's a really tough one with the masks on. I'm kind of slightly happier with the big visor thing that people have chosen to wear. <laughs> like, yeah, I can see your face. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit less painful. So it's so true. And, you know, I uh, last week met someone who had, literally a nine months old baby and 
I was wearing mask, obviously, and mm-hmm. and I was looking at the baby and just recognizing how somehow lucky I am that Liam was born before this period because I feel like that baby has just been born into the world where, of course, the mom and when the baby is at home is probably like engaged with like you know the expressions of oh okay this is a feedback you know my mom is smiling but then there's a whole world of other people you know when they like hover yeah, they, over like they, a push chair and they're like oh my god she's such a cute baby and like it's such a ridiculous thing that this is also like kind of like gone like literally from one day to another and that there's a whole new world we have to adapt but i think as you're speaking going back to this health full class it makes me realize that am i actually truly appreciating the time I have with the people that I can see and do I have an opportunity for myself to kind of pose and look at my husband and you know look at the people who I still can see and interact with and really appreciate those moments that okay wait a minute if I take it from Nova's perspective (laughs) I could potentially invite myself to consider that as an option because it is available for me because there is no difference between you and me in a sense of the reality we see right the reality is out there it is what it is yeah just looking at it from their perspective so it's a it's a really nice invitation to look at it from that way of well what if this is a gift that we still have some people around us yeah in these limited moments which is pretty beautiful no, and I mean, there is no reason why you shouldn't focus on being annoyed by stuff. <laughs> Sorry, a virus protection threat is on. <laughs> I didn't tell me about itself. Watch out, there's a virus. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, this is funny. It wouldn't be coronavirus, would it? <laughs> oh, my God, your, your computer virus is coming up with a message just like, no, you're fine. You're just a computer virus. We're good. <laughs> but yeah there's no reason why you shouldn't be annoyed and not able to necessarily focus in on the beautiful stuff because I mean it's not always our mindset it's not always the way that our mind wants to go and when you're just stripping back continually people's natural feedback like the feedback of your face the feedback of the expressions touch all the other lovely things that we used to do like cuddles and hugs and and things like that if you take away all of these things it's not it's not many of us wouldn't be thinking why why can't i just run and hug my friend mm-hmm. but we're in in a place where that's not a thing yet hopefully mm-hmm. fingers crossed it'll be soon yes yes and i think that I really believe that it just comes back to something where I spoke to a friend of mine, Martina, today, and it also comes back to like, what are your values? So if a connection with a humankind in terms of like a physical, you know, I'm I'm very much of a hugger. And when in Slovakia, you greet people, you give them a hug and two kisses. And it's like, (laughs) you always shake hands at least like, like that's the minimum. And most of the time you shake your hands, you hug and you give two kisses, which is like very physically <laughs> intimate thing, <laughs> as you remember. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's very important to me. And maybe perhaps some people don't struggle with this part as much because it wasn't important to me because perhaps they're introvert and they're from a culture where it isn't common. But I spoke to Martina today, a friend of mine, and, and for her seeing her family, it's probably most important element of her life. 
And yeah. all of this of her not being able over the Christmas, you know, it's a flight, kind of, you know, got all stopped. She wasn't able to go and see her family. For her, it was beyond of what she could actually emotionally manage. It was it was the most important element which was taken away from her. And I think it comes down to her value. And now, you know, she's questioning of, okay, you know what? I think it's time to move back home after all these years living here. 15 mm-hmm. years ago, you know, she left. And I think, again, it's perhaps the question of what 2020 has taught us is what are our values and what is the most important thing? Because I think when it's taken away for whatever reason, you're like, okay, wait a minute, how do I deal with it? And I think for you and me, we work with people like whether you're teaching yoga or whether you're coaching human or whether you are leader of the company, everything we do is with humankind. And I think there is an element of, yes, we can take it online. We can do it through Zoom. But what if we can't? What is the integration of those two words? And how do we fight for the right to at least somehow social distancing safely find a way to take it as, you know what? I do want to continue making this a priority of my life and I'll figure it out. And I think I think that's that's another learning for me to say whatever work I do in the future can't be just Zoom. Like mm-hmm. I would I would probably, you know, it's hard to say right now where the future goes, but for me, I do want to take it as a forefront saying, okay, I accept things as they are, but I also want to make sure that I am physically present as a leader to the people who I'm working with or do a workshop once in a while when we can again <laughs> with you and yeah. we go to the retreat and it might not be profitable. It might not be super financially exciting, but I want to spend a week with humankind physically present with the people, you know, walking together, talking and, and just being in each other's physical company versus just doing it online. I mean, you know, my thoughts on the online thing. I just didn't engage with the online because my whole life has been about people and connection and making all of my retreats have been about making community out of the people in front of them. The people that don't know each other can have so much to offer each other because you can create such beautiful values when they just drop their barriers and, and are in human contact with each other by being physically in the same room, not necessarily touching or licking each other like I'd like them to be, but <laughs> generally just bringing together advert just diverse people and putting them in a in a place for a while so that they are all forced to talk to each other to get on to learn from each other is an essential part of life i don't think it you can mimic it in any other way i'm afraid my cat has entered oh hello cat (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there just there hasn't been a way that i could engage with the version of the new reality or the new normal (laughs) that in any way appeased what I think is a fundamental right as a retreat giver or as a coordinator, which is that you coordinate people in a place where they can grow together. And that's through experiences that are only held in that moment. You can't, you can't mimic it through, through zoom. It isn't real in the same way. It doesn't work in the same way. You don't get that kind of connection no matter how much you try. And so there will always be a place where you have to be in reality. And I'm holding out for that with a complete awareness that yes, that may take some time, but that's still the place where I can give 
what I've got. The reality is it's the same as dancing. Dancing by yourself is doable, but it's not the same. It's a freedom that you feed off each other. We are humans that built ourselves to be in society. We work towards creating societies for a reason because we need each other. And in ways that we don't even understand that cannot be mimicked through through just seeing each other in screen time. And I think that there is an element of me where I have learned and observed that for with the, especially with the people who had a complete resistance towards, let's say, Zoom and digitalization, I've yeah. seen that they came forward. They were like, okay, let me, let me try and let me do. So that's a really good thing because when we really need it, it's there and it's there to support us and it's there to connect us. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I wouldn't be able to have a job right now, if I couldn't connect in, you know, from London to Germany and before to other places of people who I'm coaching in Amsterdam and, and, you know, Singapore and, but I think there is an element of where I physically want to have that life experience where I can enjoy being in their presence and hold the space for people who I'm either leading as a leader or a coaching because it's just so much better in the sense of it's the wholeness together, right? It's the yin and yang, right? Like it's it's the fact that we can progress forward and we can use digital and, and online and online shopping and, you know, being able to have a deliveries in the front of your door when you feel like it. But there is always the other side of things where you physically go to the local supermarket and you know the person who use Creed and you buy the local apples or you kind of physically sitting next to someone having that human kind of experience. And I think there is a reason why we exchange hormones and the hormones are being created as we're talking physically to each other, which doesn't happen in a Zoom. And well, I think so there, your yeah. heart rate is like your heart rate syncs up with people around you. That's why when you walk in a room full of people that maybe you don't want to be around, you immediately have that sort of hypertensiony feeling like maybe I need to get out of here. It's not just, it's not, we're not just physical creatures. I mean, we're not just mental creatures either. We're all of it. And so just being able to only use one sense when you have so many others that all talk to each other, like your smells as well as your heart rate, your whole body <laughs> responds to the people around you. And so the nuances of what people are doing in their responses to you, around you, gets lost in a vacuum with social media version of it or online versions. And it's, it's not a thing you can mimic. You can't mimic being a facilitator to the degree and I've already been on courses. I've been, like, I've tried to engage in the uh, the online world of this, and I've watched some really beautiful people try to pull it off, like day retreats online and various other things. And one of the things is that is really hard to get is the line of earnest connection, along with it feeling slightly false. Because mm-hmm. you're not really connected to this person because you're not in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I think that distance is almost insurmountable in a sort of support environment. Mm-hmm. Because it becomes, I'm not saying that it can't be done one-on-one. I'm saying when you're doing like larger groups of people. Yep. So I tried to do one with a sort of, that was a regeneration one with hundreds of different speakers. And it was going to last nine months. And you'd do it like sort of twice a week. You'd have a meeting. And I guess it's what schools feel like, I guess. 
for mm-hmm. university students and stuff. But you did just feel lost in a crowd, mm-hmm. like of Zoom people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, you're making a really nice point about this connection that I actually found when I was, let's say, coaching a client or or somehow holding a space for you know whatever problem needed to be solved. I feel that there is an element of the screen providing a protection for the person on the other side to feel safe enough to open up completely. Mm -hmm. So actually it was very interesting that one-on-one it gave the people the permission to be like, okay, let me just speak. I haven't been heard. So as a part of like true listening, like, you know, when we are like calling each other and you like talk, like I'm really listening because I'm present, there's nothing, you know, I don't have to think about the way you sit or I don't know, like, okay, let's get the drink, whatever. It's really just the pure presence and that practice really I, I enjoy and I love. And I think there is an element of that, but I do feel there is an advantage of if you've, if you met that person before mm-hmm. physically, it's somehow it's reconnecting to them. It's a bit easier or at least they feel more i would say authentic in a sense but for the larger group of complete strangers i think that there is an element of kind of percentage of that experience missing and i know that i've studied a little bit on that subject and it is about you know like you would be let's say holding a workshop and then you like leaving somewhere like you're either leaving the workshop because the end is the end of it or you have a little bit of a break and you take a tea there is a connection which continues. It doesn't just like shut down by the Zoom being switched off. It's mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I have this idea and I wanted to share, but you have no one to share. You're sitting on your set by yourself in your room. <laughs> like, like, or oh, I meant to say one more thing. I don't know. It just or maybe just give them a hug. And and I think that was I think significantly different this year than anything I could ever imagine in the sense of what I felt was missing where, again, if we take it from your perspective, is what are the gifts of these experiences that we still have yeah. and that we can hold true and we say, well, we still have this. I want to hold on to this because it is us creating these new experiences in, into the future, which actually brings me to my second question, which is <laughs> what is kind of the significant thing you feel has been taken away or kind of you felt like 2020 has stolen? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it took away my right to right to convene people to do retreats, which was rather effective. I was lucky. I got a couple of snuck-in retreats in October. And that just, honestly, that felt so magical to bring, gather people together again. And they needed it. Oh, my God, did everybody need it? It's just mental health-wise, everybody was so grateful just to have the opportunity to be in connection with other humans. So... That was a really positive out of the thing because it was lovely to see all those people. But I'm sure if you're right, saying what I didn't like. I didn't like not working. I didn't like not having the opportunity to work or do what mm-hmm. I wanted to. Yeah. And I think going back to what you're saying about, <laughs> again, like being able to see humans, I feel like for me was this kind of essence of I am like my freedom to choose when I go on a holiday or the freedom or the illusion of a freedom I have when I want to fly back home or when I want to go and see a concert. I mean, it was my 40th birthday back in June and I had this grandiose plan where I'm going to celebrate it. And we all, you know, all of us as a family meant to go to 
Turkey for this beautiful, you know, sunny beach holiday in this amazing retreat place. And just from one day to another, it was like, no, it's not going to happen. And it's so funny because in the beginning of the year, I think it was my good friend, Lucia, not talking about myself, <laughs> just <laughs> a friend called Lucia. She said, hey, so what are you doing for your birthday? And because in my past, I used to always make a big deal out of my birthday. And it was always like either a party or getting together with friends or, you know, renting the cottage in Slovakia where I would be like celebrating. I had this really interesting intuition where I was like, I don't really feel like doing anything. I, it just feels like to... It's going to be a good time to go within and maybe just do it very quietly. But then, of course, that my mind will be like, no, that can't happen. So I just booked this amazing holiday. And when it didn't happen, it, I was really angry. I was like, I'm entitled to this. This is my holiday, which is asking <laughs> completely ridiculous because it doesn't actually matter. And of course, when I reflected on it, I was just grateful that I could be with my son and my husband. And, you know, June wasn't too bad. It was, I think, partial lockdown. But I think with me, it was this idea of freedom of going to see you, just getting in a car and seeing you when I want to, or freedom of just sitting in a coffee shop when I when I felt like it, which as I'm talking about it, it just feels a bit like, well, it's a bit ridiculous because it's just me being entitled, feeling that I'm entitled to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, and I mean, I, I grew up in socialism, like... <laughs> we were not really entitled to do anything like this anyway. So where does this idea come from that I have my freedom to do whatever I want? But I think it comes back to those values that I see myself as a very free person, that I do whatever I want. And I feel like, yeah, that to a certain extent has been taken away from me. Like I've watched myself do this on numerous retreats. I go to the retreat thinking I want to go, I want to like submit myself to learning to the, from these people. And then when I get there, I arrive with this stupid chip on my shoulder and don't want to hear anything they have to say. And I'm not doing that at that time because I don't feel like it. And you're not telling me what to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm a teacher. I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to stupid class at that. And so like, I know what drives that in me is <laughs> an inherited sense that I have the right to do whatever I want because it's my personal freedom. And yet, even though I've submitted myself to the environment where I wanted to be told what to do, I also won't let them. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, sounds like a stroppy child to me. <laughs> <laughs> what a brilliant thing to be like. So I noticed it in this year and like, ah, oh, you can't tell me what to do. I'm like, oh, don't go there. <laughs> yeah, but we are pretty much, if you think about where we are today, especially in a, in a kind of this society is there's, there is a good type of rebelism, which I like, which is very much like, yeah, I can do whatever I want, which I've always, as you know, <laughs> me, I've been always very much like, no, don't like this. Let's move on. Let's change things, which is, yeah. I think, a really good part of that kind of perseverance and determination and be like, yeah, I'm my own human where it gets really interesting. And I think funny and tricky is, okay, so now that is taken away from you, then what, how do you, or how do I create that freedom within myself? Did I give myself permission to be like, it doesn't actually matter what the circumstances are. I am a free person. And I think that if I were to reflect on, on this year in a good way for me was 
thank God I done all the work <laughs> to this date from, you know, the spiritual practice, you know, the yoga, the sessions I've sat in when it comes to whether it's our teacher's training or some of the reflection of the references of, you know, <laughs> those books in terms of practicing that sense of freedom from within, regardless of what's going on out there and coming back to that point, which it's not there available to me. Well, it is available, but I just can't tap into it all the time. But I think I am very grateful that I could even kind of make fun of myself in my own mind when I was like, oh, I can't go to my 40th birthday, you know, holiday, where then there was the other voice, which is this kind of higher consciousness, which is like, you know what? You are actually in a pretty awesome place, in a pretty <laughs> awesome city with the amazing husband and child and and in a really grateful place. And I was much quicker to come from that place of I'm a victim, hate this right now to, you know what, it's going to be okay. And I've noticed in a very proud way, as I'm saying it, that I'm able to shorten the distance between I'm a stroppy child lying on the floor, you know, screaming, this is not going my way to, it is okay. Let me figure it out. Let me find some inspiration out of it. Let me, and it's really probably tough for some who are listening, just going, oh my God, I can't believe it. There's two people who are talking about the health you know, glass full situation. It isn't like that. I think there is a work behind it, the commitment to this. I'm going to come to do self-practice. I'm going to just continue reflecting on my thoughts. I'm going to continue noticing my own thinking, which is actually sometimes self-sabotaging myself and self-harming myself in the sense of, well, not helpful. You're being negative. Okay, so now you're in this situation and you're having negative thoughts about it. But it's just this ability this year where I've noticed I am actually able to kick myself out. Or if not, right in the moment, I find a way to either move from through yoga practice or just picking up the phone and talking to someone who is actually on my level, meaning you <laughs> or other good friends, which won't listen to my whinging and moaning and don't add to that negativity and be like, you know, you know what, this is great, but just pull yourself together and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is that I think someone, said, Mark Nepo, says the sun doesn't stop shining because some of us are blind. The birds don't stop singing because some of us are deaf. The heart doesn't stop loving because some of us are afraid. Just because one day we're in a bad mood, everything hasn't turned off. And I'm like, everything hasn't stopped being beautiful. And this is the thing that I have to keep well, I found really difficult in the plague of Radio 4 misery that just went on and on about how awful the life is. I'm like, honestly, it hasn't, the world has not changed beyond what we are perceiving it as. Like, we have started to change our whole environment mentally. And the world outside was still a beautiful place filled with flowers and love and, light and butterflies and sky and clouds but we've just started looking down. And if we look down for long enough, we forget to look up and then we forget to see all the beauty that is around us. And this is one of the things that like, I lean towards being depressed on a good day. <laughs> it's not a natural state for me to be spouting in the <laughs> sheer joy and chirpy crap. It's that work that you have to keep doing that you were talking about 
that keeps pushing you to look at the stuff you don't necessarily want to see because you're not in a mood to see chirping birds or or hedgehogs or whatever else you've got around you, even if it's like just a flower pushing its way up through the concrete. It is the ability to pick up the rubbish on the street. It is the ability to pick up the rubbish in your own mind. It is the ability to move forward from wherever you are, whatever day it is. You have another day in front of you that could be better, could be more beautiful if you add more beauty to it. Mm. And that has always been the thing that's picked me up even when I'm at my worst, Mm. is just look up, (laughs) look up again. Yeah. And side note, Nova does walk around with having these like mini poems in her mind. Like she's not actually reading it. Like <laughs> that's what you do. Like you're able to like quote stuff in and in the most mysterious way. But I do love this idea of which I've noticed, which maybe it's a bit, I guess, yeah, not extreme, but like maybe in compassionate to a certain extent. But I realize it's like I wanna surround myself with people who inspire me. And I want to, you know, read stuff which makes me feel better. And I do want to read content and kind of rather switched off from what's out there because I just, life is too short for me to kind of tap into the level of anxiety, what is going on around like social media and like news. And it's just not very useful for me. And I realized that, I mean, long time ago, I think it was about six years ago, I made a decision after there was like an argument I've just observed between like very good friends of mine about the political situation in Slovakia. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really super engaged in politics, but I was, you know, just a normal reading person who kind of is aware. And I just realized I don't want to be part of those conversations because it creates complete unnecessary negative vibration. It turns a good evening into a shit show. Sorry for my language. Mm -hmm. And it's actually creating complete distance between people who otherwise love each other and, you know, care for each other. And when I started to switch off from that, it's just disappeared from my life. And I'm not saying that I don't know what's going on out there, but the level of kind of engagement is minimum to compare to what it used to be. And it gives me more space to then engage with things such as present moment with my son, you know, being excited about the work I do, you know, having the quality conversations with my friends like you and reading the great things, which I love. And yeah, it is, I guess, to a certain extent about creating this protective space where you're like, yeah, I just, this is the reality I want to create. And, and I really just realized that I am much more impatient in the sense of, yeah, you have your own opinion, but I don't want to be part of the conversation. So I either say, thank you, but don't thank you or I change the subject, or I say, you know what, just really busy, need to move on because I don't want to be part of that. And not, I don't want to, that's not in a judgmental way, but it's a choice. It's again, it's, we still have a choice. Despite the fact that they just said that 2020 has taken away my freedom of choice. It's an illusion because I still have a choice what I tap into in that way. And I still manage to have a pretty awesome year and have a really good time and have a fantastic conversation and it inspired me to do probably a little more not from maybe physical doing but like in how I engage with life in 2020 overall I don't know what you think about that yeah I mean if I had one thing that I noticed about this year it has given me the ability to snap out of (laughs) 
of my misery states faster than I would have normally, <laughs> which is, is, is weird considering how much other stuff is going on. But realistically, it's just a perspective thing. Again, as we were saying, it is the ability to look around the drama and around the other stuff. Um, not for shutting down, having worked in news and stuff, there's always going to be a part of my brain that wants to know what's going on. <laughs> and so as much as I have to censor the amount of it that I allow myself, because <laughs> it's not actually good to always know absolutely everything all the time. I found that it's not possible for me to be completely disengaged in political arguments and also feel like I'm socially aware and an active human in societies like future solving problem solving stuff like the environment and other stuff all, all needs to be engaged with so i found a happy place between making as much good as i possibly can out of my time by volunteering by finding things that i can do that will make a difference that will help even if it's just walking down the beach and picking up a taking a bag of rubbish with me that's always making an effort to work within my frame that doesn't drain me and gives mm-hmm. me enough space to offer more to those around mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and, and I think picking up a rubbish, that's another thing which I've noticed that, you know, when you talked about the picking up the rubbish in your own head, it's like that's another aha moment, I guess, more profound this year that it's again like complete realization how much of what I called my own happiness is affected by me and me only, <laughs> whether it's through how much I sleep, whether it's through, you know, what I read, whether it's through what I eat, whether it's through the thoughts which are going on around my, like, like if I, if I focus a little bit more on that still, I can just really affect everything else. And making the biggest, I would say a revelation I had kind of towards the end of this year was, I really, when I sat in that meditation and I really had this kind of a real question of, okay, so what is it I'm meant to do in a sense that I can really serve? And I mean, it not from like a Mother Teresa point of view, but more like, how do I use my skills and, and my talents the best possible way? And, you know, after this whole, like, I think it was like a two months, 45 minutes meditation every morning, it was very disciplined practice. You know, I started working back in a corporate world <laughs> in a way that, it's definitely place where I need to be. And it's definitely where I belong right now. And it's definitely where it is me kind of walking to talk and just doing the best I can. And that place overall is my own kind of, how do I show up every day the best possible way? How do I inspire people around me? How do I kind of manage my own emotions so I can then be the working mom, you know, the leader, the wife, the... And like that alone, just the self-management is so important, how I then impact the rest of the world. Where before I think, you know, it was easy in the beginning of a year to get swallowed by, you know, seeking the attention, like focusing on the outer, like just like what's going on out there, like what's going on out in the world, out in the UK, out in Slovakia, like what what are the politicians saying, what's really happening? And I realized it's like, well, yeah, but if I'm busy with everything that is out there, (laughs) I don't have the time to do this more self-management things. (laughs) So it's, 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 I guess the whole 
point of me kind of biggest aha learning in a positive ways is how much more this going within as you know as fluffy as it sound actually means like it's just yeah it's just like wow i never actually understood it i guess as much as i did this year well like i've always had this sort of crazy need to save or solve the world's problems even though nobody's actually noticed that i haven't actually (laughs) (laughs) despite all the precious hours i've spent worrying about everything no one's actually noticed (laughs) it's just not saved anything or made anything else better Mm, that's not true but anyway (laughs) we just mean it and as a as a slightly wasted energy i could use it more productively but i noticed that my heart was really open this year to like all the empathetic kind of pain of loss through whatever it was that's causing the loss for anyone around me. And so I think that has been a shift for a lot of other people too, is away from their own personal dramas and and into a more empathetic mind state where they can feel each other's pain to, Mm. even if it's just the clapping thing that they were doing at one point, it felt like the energy of people around had raised and that would be, I think, the most beautiful thing about this year. There was like a real need for us to help each other out, which is mm-hmm. why we're all hiding at home and wearing masks and doing everything we possibly can. It's because we're attempting, even if it is an infringement on our freedoms, to help each other mm-hmm. and help make a world that's better. Even when we stop driving and we all listen to the birds for a little bit and went, oh my God, look, the world could be way more environmentally sound if we all put our effort in. Like there was an awakening to a degree, even in all of the damage and all of the drama and all of the misery, there are some really beautiful takeaways from this year. And they've been space and time and heart opening and empathy and compassion beyond anything I'd ever imagined. Like the whole world stopped because some people might get sick. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I love what you're saying because, if we were to just kind of close with this idea of really what was the thing we've learned. And I think the one sentence which came to my mind now was somehow, (laughs) as poetic as it sounds, I feel like we really missed each other. Like, like this idea of like, I miss you. And I think, in a, not in a sense of like, you don't exist, but the other way around, I think we're doing all these things because we want to come back together. Like we want to come and gather in those festivals, which are too busy. And, you know, we want to kind of go into this annoying little place where, you know, the restaurant is too small. So kind of the tables are touching each other. Or maybe we just, you know, when you were like annoyed at the, on the beach that the person next to you is too close. Like, I just think that there is an element of us in, and I went to Q Christmas at Q, which is this beautiful walk through Christmas Q Gardens, and and because I experienced it last year, and now it was the social distancing few days, which we managed to be there. We were there, but it wasn't busy, and it just felt a bit empty. And I felt like it was kind of like I think we all do these things exactly because we want to find a way to come closer to each other, and I hope that somehow we realize it doesn't need to be what it used to be, but we can create this kind of higher appreciation for each other. And we did. And I think we do. And I think, you know, if we were to think about this environment and and everything else that we are 
having a massive impact, like every, I guess, word we say and every step we take, there isn't somehow an effect that this has on someone else out there. And I, and I do take this as a kind of from this talk we had that is like, okay, how can I personally be looking at the things which I thought were perhaps missing more as a gift? Yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you for inviting me to talk with you and anyone else that cares to listen. Yeah, just be inspired by the beauty of life. Don't let yourself get dragged into the dark places. <laughs> That's my opinion. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Love you, you lots. And thank you all for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share it, or tell a friend about it. Until next time.